When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. What's the team's why? And how does it show up in a vision for the team and an ethos for the team? The bright swinging frog man of the UT team. Hi folks, this is Mark Devine with the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining me today. Super appreciate it. Today I have a solo cast. This will be the final in the Way of the Seal series where I've been riffing on the principles in my book, The Way of the Seal in honor or in um, anticipation of the release of the new fifth anniversary edition, which will be due out Memorial Day. Uh, So if you missed any of these, you can search um, in iTunes or at our website for the earlier, uh, you know, podcast. I basically covered two principles or two chapters of the book in each podcast to include leading from the front in a VUCA environment, accelerating environment, uh, principle one, establishing your set point, developing front sight focus, bulletproofing your mission, doing today what others won't, so you can do tomorrow what others can't, forging mental toughness, breaking things, building the, your intuitive awareness, and thinking offense all the time. And in this last recording, we're going to talk about training the way of the SEAL and building an elite team. All right, so before I get started, if you haven't joined the Burpees for Vets Challenge, I encourage you to take a look at that. Uh, I put out a big challenge this year for a tribe to join me to do 22 million burpees. Uh, We'll each do as much as we can. I've committed to 100,000 minimum, and I'm donating 10 cents a burpee. So the idea is you commit to a minimum that you're going to do, and uh, you either get some pledges or you pledge amount yourself or both. And our goal is $22 million total and a minimum of $250,000 with which we're going to support veterans who are suffering from post-traumatic stress. Um, 22 a day are committing suicide. That's why we chose that $22 million numbers. We wanted to suffer in a way that was uh, worthy to some extent, even though nothing can compare to the suffering that these young, these men and women are going through. So we want to do our part because they need our help. Go to burpeesforvets.com to check out how you could get involved. And um, it's all through the Courage Foundation. Uh, we're already at 150K or 125K in um, commitments and about six, seven million burpees. So we're off to the races. So burpeesforvets.com. And as I said, this um, fifth anniversary edition of The Way of the Seal will be coming out Memorial Day. You can learn about it and uh, pre order it if you go to waytheseal.com and we have some special features that you can um, take advantage of there. And we'll have a companion workbook that'll be offered at a URL that's listed in the book and along with the tools, which uh, we didn't offer with the first edition. So two new chapters, every other chapter has been edited, updated, key takeaways added, and we've um, added the workbook as well as some digital tools all available on our website at unbeatablemind.com. 
Uh, and that URL, like I said, will be in the book. So got to get the book first. Okay. At any rate, let's go dig into training in the way of the SEAL. You know, the concepts in the book are designed to help you think more like an elite warrior to lead and succeed, to drive your team toward mission success, and to become a more uh, world-centric and holistic leader. Uh, most of the skills, if you've uh, read the first version of the book or are familiar with it, are really the, um, the inner development, winning in your mind and winning in the heart mind and the Kokoro whole mind learning how to really cultivate the character of a SEAL. And character is all uh, is, is developed uh, vertically, meaning you, you evolve yourself vertically to higher stages of consciousness, states, stages of awareness to be able to access more refined states such as flow state and uh, the ability to take you know, more comprehensive and integrated perspectives uh, on the world and other people and on your organization. That's all vertical development. So this book really is a vertical development manifesto. Uh, having said that, you know, horizontal development is also important. So there are some horizontal skills that we offer in the book, you know, such as, you know, physical training regimen, yoga, you know, the, the, the movement practices. Those are like horizontal skills, communication skills. Those are horizontal skills. But those skills are deployed at a higher stage of consciousness with greater states of awareness when you do them combined with vertical development. So that's kind of a general overview of what we're doing when we train the way the seal, the concepts are for you to think about, but the training is where the rubber meets the road. These things are meant to be trained day in and day out on a battle rhythm, on a plan. So that's what I want to talk about in this chapter. The approach you want to take is that, you know, that slow is smooth, smooth is fast approach. You don't want to drink from a fire hose. There are literally, you know, 20 or 30, you know, when I look at the page, uh, the chapter, this chapter um, on training, uh, I have a matrix of all the tools and it's two pages long. There's some incredible tools, just as an example, the assessment. Uh, of where you're at, the uh, future me visualization, the still water runs deep visualization, uh, fantasizing with purpose, the witness process or sentinel at the gate where you learn to direct your mind and your emotions, the kiss process, the idea lab, transmuting pain into positivity, finding your 20x factor, box breathing, turning stress to success, what, do what wolf are you feeding, smart goals, um, fits, prop, uh, Kim game, Awakening intuition, authentic communication. Those, that's just a small sampling of all the different tools. Now, these tools are meant to be used in you know, different scenarios. Some are part of your morning ritual. Some are part of your eating ritual. Some are part of your pre-workout and post-workout. Some are meant to be done daily, some weekly, some monthly, some just periodically if you need to. Some maybe just once in your life. So you're not going to try to do it all, right? A lot of people will read this book through and then they'll go back and work through the exercises and the practices in each chapter. And then when they get back to this chapter on training, they develop what we call a five mountain training plan. So take an approach that's slow, smooth, smooth is fast. Just, you know, try to integrate one new thing, maybe a week or even a month if necessary. And if you approach this as a course over the, you know, over the course of a year, you will transform yourself and develop vertically as a leader to higher stages of awareness and um, what we call fifth plateau as our ultimate goal. The fifth plateau stage of awareness is that stage where you can take 
perspectives on all the other plateaus or all the other stages of development that humanity falls into. And you can travel and traverse those uh, stages or plateaus with ease and overcome the shadow elements that you have in your own life at each plateau. We go into great depth in this in the Unbeatable Mind Academy, online academy and our live academy. I don't go in so much into this uh, theory in the Way of the Seal book, but I do reference it here in this chapter as well as in Building Elite Teams. But my point is that there is a destination. It's never-ending destination. There is no there there. But ideally, we want to move from, you know, a lot of us are at third plateau, which is the achiever, or fourth plateau, which is the equalizer. Some of us are still at a second, first or second plateau, which are survival and you know, power projection uh, or protector, I think is what I call the second plateau. So these are all fine and they're not judgments. They're not a hierarchy. They're just more archetypal energies. And the fifth plateau, the integrator in, is inclusive of all. So the integrator can also be a protector sheepdog, is uh, able to handle survival situations or, you know, deal with root elements of basic human survival instincts and needs very well effective can deal with people who are stuck in that those roles in a service you know mindset also you know have a healthy achiever where the achievement isn't at the expense of others the achievement isn't driven by ego it's it's at a much higher level of achievement where it's world centric it's um, for the good of humanity the money trails instead of leads as a priority, that type of thing. And then that equalizer, you know, that fourth plateau, you know, that has a lot of shadow in it in our society. And, you know, the equalizers, the pluralists, the, you know, the spiritual egoism that exists is avoided at a fifth plateau and you just kind of bypass that. So it's, it's really interesting and it's grounded in developmental psychology, integral theory, and, you know, some other even Eastern traditions. So there's a lot of there's a lot behind it. It's um, and the way I present it is really just unique to the way of the seal. So I, I'm not making up this plateau concept. It's um, it's grounded in science. So at any rate, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole there, but it's relevant for this because you might say, well, what are we training for? And I'm saying we're training to vertically evolve ourselves to higher states and stages of awareness. We call those the plateaus. We want most of us reside in the third or, or center of gravity in the third or fourth plateau. We want to be in the fifth plateau and the fifth plateau has, uh, you know, probably plateaus above it, but that's the beginning of the integration, the beginning of, you know, what the Eastern would call enlightenment. It's possible with some dedicated training and development to achieve that enlightenment in a Western contextual sense through this book and through this training. There is vast, vast, now, after five years of this book, I uh, have tremendous number of testimonials and, and data points that that's possible. That, you know, several years of training in this can really evolve someone and transform them. And then you can take it to your team and transform your team and your organizations as well. Very, very powerful stuff. So, you know, I call it the way of the seal development model. And we uh, um, evolve or develop five particular domains and they are the physical domain, which is involved in physiology, functional fitness, uh, and biological health. The second is the mental domain, which is really about developing focused concentration, control of your mental uh, mind and states, accessing whole mind, 
which is basically a state of um, you know being able to use both linear and nonlinear thinking, direct perception, and uh, and whatnot. So um, that's you know basically a personal PhD in vertical development right there. And then the third domain is the emotional uh, mountain. So that's de- developing emotional control, emotional resiliency, and really being able to connect at a more emotionally mature level, which is critical for world-centric care and concern. And then the fourth is the intuitional mountain or domain where we're going to develop awareness and intuition. And we had a whole principle on intuition. So that's covered pretty deeply in the book. And then the last I call the spiritual, also Kokoro. Kokoro means whole mind or whole mind in action, which is um, you know also known as spiritual, although that term uh, it, you know, can cause some confusion because people have different ideas of what that means. So for us, it means developing your non-quitting spirit, your warrior spirit, merging your heart and mind in action, and being very clear about why you're on this planet and what you're meant to do. Hey folks, Mark here. Listen up, I've got a secret weapon for you to make your working out and training more efficient and to get better results and faster. It's called the Halo Sport. And I love this tool. Simply put, training with a Halo Sport allows you to develop your muscle memory faster. The headset applies electrostimulation to your brain's motor cortex to induce a temporary state of hyperlearning. How cool is that? That means you're going to get better results faster from anything that you do where you need to learn by moving, such as your Silfit Wad, martial arts training, yoga, tai chi, or even running. Now, I interviewed Halo's CEO, Dr. Daniel Chow, a while back, and I was really impressed by his team and this underlying technology, the science of transcranial direct current stimulation, or TDCS, which has over 15 years of scientific and military research behind it. I now personally use Halo Sport for many of my high-intensity wads and when I do my Tai Chi training where I'm trying to learn some new form. When I train my movements with the Halo Sport, I do learn faster and I get more precision and I feel I can perform more aggressively. Halo Sport's already being used extensively in the military special operations communities. And from my SEAL friends, I've heard that they get great results. It's also used by many pro athletes, Olympians, and thousands of lifelong athletes just like you and I. So in my mind, Halo Sport is the ideal training tool For those like you who want to exceed your training goals. To learn more about the Halo Sport, go to haloneuro.com. That's H-A-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com. And you can use the code UNBEATABLEMIND, all one word, UNBEATABLEMIND at checkout to get this awesome product for $475, which is $275 off of the retail price. Again, haloneuro.com. Use the code UNBEATABLEMIND. You won't be disappointed. This is a great tool. All right, let's get back to the show. Hoo-ya. So those are the capacities, and each one of them is trained, you know, at some level across all the way of the SEAL principles, and then they're activated when you develop your five-mountain training plan, which covers the physical, mental, emotional, intuitional, and spiritual, and you, then you deliberately develop these on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis with a battle rhythm or uh, 
some sort of, you know, a ritualistic approach that is appropriate for your life. There's not one approach. It's, it really depends upon where you are. And so I offer you a number of guiding questions, which were, we call self-assessment questions to assess your starting point. Where are you at right now in the physical domain? Some of you are total physical studs, you know, your CrossFit Games athletes or your SEAL, maybe SEAL candidates, or maybe you're special, you know, you're already in the spec ops community or you're triathletes or whatever. You're running Spartan races. You've been to SEAL Fit Kokoro Camp. Awesome. Then the physical domain, you got a good handle on, but you can always dial it in through breath control, through supplementation, through, you know, maybe trying uh, refining your diet with a ketogenic diet through eating less, uh, but better, those types of things through getting into somatic movement, uh, like Tai Chi Chi Gong or, you know, or yoga. So Kokoro yoga, which is our yoga practice is a, is a comprehensive, uh, physical, mental, and intuitive and spiritual training regimen that includes all of that, right? It's a very comprehensive hybrid program that includes functional fitness a traditional asana or yoga poses, qigong and some tai chi, various breath practices, various concentration, meditation, and visualization practices. And each training session has some element of three or four of those together. And so it's a, it's a total integration. So Kokoro Yoga is meant to like be a supplement to this program where we spoon feed you the practices in your, for your morning and evening ritual. But you don't need that if you, if you have a, a connection to you know, maybe a yoga or martial arts practice or, you know, even CrossFit or something like that or your own, you know, hybrid can be used for that if you bring the right approach to it. So that's, uh, at any rate, my point is that, you know, you want to assess where you're at. But if you're, if you're out of shape and you've been on the couch for a while, then you got some work to do in the physical domain. And that's a good place to start because these are generally want to work, get our physical lined up, get our, get our body healthy because that's going to affect the next one a great deal. And that's the mental and if you're moving uh, well and trying new things and learning new skills and playing sport and all that, then your mental development is already very advanced. And, you know, where the body leads, the mind follows, and you're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to have a pretty solid foundation in mental toughness and, 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 and thinking clearly and all that. But now we want to take that up a notch and develop our own little personal vertical development PhD program that you're chipping away at, you know, throughout the year. And so that might include things like developing your memory, accessing, you know, your right brain through creativity. Like I'm I'm taking a creative drawing class called drawing from the right side of my brain in a few weeks. So that's part of my own mental mountain this year, stuff like that. And so I, I offer you some assessment questions on mental mountain to help you understand where you're, uh, where you're, where's your starting point? Where are you at? And then similarly with the emotional mountain, this is critical how do we develop emotionally? Are we developed emotionally? Do we have great self-awareness of our boo or background of obviousness, how we relate with other people, the, the, you know, the, the effect that our words and our ener- emotional energy has on other people? How are we? Most of us aren't that good at that, especially guys. So we want to really, really dig into the emotional mountain and develop ourselves there. And then the intuitional uh, and then, of course, the spiritual. So interestingly, my experience in teaching this and, and working with thousands of students over the years is that if we go in this order, you'll find that physical leads to stronger mental. The mental allows us to tap into the emotional life. When the emotions become better understood and you're more aware of them and you can trace the energy to incidents and to you know, belief systems and whatnot, 
then it allows us to separate the wheat from the chaff and become more intuitive and, and pick up the intuitive signals that are guiding us away from danger or toward opportunity. And ultimately right at the center of all that, like if, you know, like a Rorschach nesting doll in the, in the center is that spiritual center. And when you can tap into that and then bring that through into your emotional, intuitive, uh, mental, and physical body, that's what we mean by whole mind. When you bring it all together in an integrated whole, wow, when that happens, that, you know, essentially is what I'm talking about. That's where you experience the enlightened moments. Those moments show up as states, peak states, and then eventually they stabilize into that fifth plateau stage of development. Super amazing when that happens. And I trust all of you will experience that if you're disciplined with your training plan. Now, if you're strapped for time, I've got a little section in there saying, well, you, well Mark, there's so much to do and I don't have enough time in the day. I'm already, you know, running, you know, 10,000 places and I've got kids to deal with and, you know, three businesses I'm running and I'm, you know, taking a course on the side. So, okay, well, then what I'm hearing there is like you already are covering some of these bases when it comes to developing your physical and mental mind. Now we got to look at it and how do we do those things more efficiently? And um, now we want to add a morning and evening practice to your routine to cover some of the intuitional and spiritual training, develop some of the skills so that you can deepen your level of connection and care and concern. So do certain things. There's a lot of really cool things that we can do that you fit into the cracks of your day, right? We call those spot drills. A lot of spot drills that you can do to uh, deepen your awareness and to control your physiology and to develop mental control and concentration and whatnot. All of that's in this book, but it doesn't really take much time. Now, for me, the biggest chunk of my time spent training is my physical workout. But when I do that, I'm also doing breath practices and doing visualization and practicing kind of a, a, a version of moving mindfulness meditation while I train. So I've let go of needing to win. I check my ego at the door. I'll train either alone or with a team. But when I do it, I turn it into an integrated training session. It means I'm trying to cover all five of those mountains or domains when I train. So that's one way to turn your CrossFit workout or your yoga session into a really much more of an integrated practice. And, you know, I, I don't know anybody who really can't fit in at least five minutes in the morning and the evening of a little bit of practice, right? And, and that when I mean practice, I mean like box breathing practice or mindfulness or visualization or even some light movement. So I offer you the morning and the evening ritual, and those are easy to plug into your day. Also, what can you eliminate? You know, eliminate some time spent on social media, time in front of the TV, you know, time that is just not you know, use maybe in a, in a sense that's wise or leading to your development. So you can assess where you're wasting your time and, and squeeze some time, right? Plus you have breaks during the day. You have, there's time when you're in the car, that's good training time. There's lunchtime to me, lunchtime is training time. So when you eat like the way of the seal and you're, and you're eating a lot of fat and you're eating a lot of, um, you know, fat and protein from healthy sources and you're developing, you know, your own ketones and you're eating like intermittently and you're fasting intermittently, then you don't take lunch in a traditional setting. I haven't had sit down lunch in years. So that becomes great training time. You know, that's like what Tony Robbins calls your power hour. So use that time wisely. So really this is no excuses. You know, you, you do have the time. You just have to acknowledge it and begin to, to declutter and apply the KISS principle, do less, better, 
Say no to more things. Say yes to developing yourself to the highest level possible, tapping that 20x potential and leading as a warrior leader at a fifth plateau world centric level. That's just a commitment. And um, to me, it's a no brainer, but it takes a little bit of getting used to. In this chapter, I offer three different training plans as an example. My own, um, Melanie's, who's one of our Unbeal Mind slash Seal Fit coaches. And some of you have seen her in um, some of our videos. She runs our Seal Fit online program in our community over there. So she's got one. And then a fellow named Jeff Krant, who used to be one of our Seal Fit coaches, and he's a running expert. So we offer those in this chapter. Uh, I want to say one thing about staying the course. Like I said, this this training is meant to be done methodically in a disciplined manner over a long period of time. You know, just jumping into this book and reading it isn't going to do anything for you except for maybe open your mind a little bit. But doing the work day in and day out, using using the training in this as your personal practice, that's where you're going to find it, you know, some major results. And so, you know, I'd rather see you do five minutes a day of one or two of the principles. Like for instance, just start with box breathing. Just do five minutes of box breathing every morning and then report back to me and and I'll guarantee you in 30 days, you will have transformed already and you'll be well on your way and you will prove to yourself the power of that practice. And then you're going to want to pick it up and maybe uh, add the still water runs deep and future me visualization and, and you're off to the races. But in order to stay the course, uh, it's helpful to have a training space in your home or a place where you're not going to be disturbed to do the inner work, the mind gym work, you know, the winning in the mind, the box breathing, the meditation. It's helpful to have a space that's dedicated for that where you're not going to get interrupted and uh, people aren't going to look at you weird and that kind of thing. So set up a space at home or, or wherever it's going to be for you where it's going to be your dedicated training space. Number two is get buy-in from your family. Make sure that they're, uh, they know what you're doing and you're not like sneaking around hiding this because you think they're going to judge you or whatever. Uh, and better yet, get them involved. So many people have gotten their kids involved. And so great tools from the book to use with your kids are, you know, the what wolf are you feeding? Getting them to, to feed the courage wolf and develop positive dialogue. You know, simplification and front sight focused tools. So getting them to think about what's important around their purpose and their values and goals, and then getting them to really declutter their environment and breathe into stress. That's awesome. Also getting them into like, you know, functional fitness, burpees and pushups and squats, as well as yoga movements is very useful. And they can start to play with that. And then developing deeper, authentic communication with them by actually listening and just trying to be present instead of always telling them what to do. That's a great way to bring your kids and invo- get get your kids involved and get them really into the language of what you're doing, so they support it and they're excited about it when you go do your training or if they see you sitting and box breathing with your eyes closed. Um, get motivated or to stay motivated if um, you get bored or fatigued. Then uh, what you want to do is change things up again. So change things up. Try something new. Also, go back and check in with your why, like revisit your ethos from uh, principle one, two, and your front side focus and why you're doing what you're doing. So if things get stale, then go back and check in with your why and really fuel that up. Also, track your progress. I recommend you journal. Have a journal handy when you train. Have a journal handy when you wake up and you do your morning ritual so you can 
You can journal things you're grateful for. You can journal insights. Same thing in your evening ritual. And your five mountain training plan is a living plan. So you're going to want to refresh it. I like to refresh mine every month at a minimum every quarter. And um, ideally find someone to train with. So let's use the team approach. There is no I in team. So maybe create a practice group or join us at Unbeatable Mind where all these principles, which came from the Unbeatable Mind training program, are embedded and, and we have boat crews and we have coaching and all that kind of stuff. So Unbeatable Mind is the place to get support from us uh, as a company and from me. And, you know, I have a group I work with called the Inner Circle. And these guys and ladies are going really, really deep with the training. It's very effective. Now, I know you appreciate some soreness brought on by getting busy with a bruising workout. But doesn't it suck when excessive soreness throws us off our game, causing us to back down on our effort, or even erasing those hard-won gains? That is why building recovery into our training plan is so important. Now, one way that I do that is with a simple-to-use recovery and healing tool called PowerDot. PowerDot is an electrical muscle stimulation device that forces type 2 muscle contractions, allowing you to increase muscle performance, speed up recovery, and also find a deeper mind-body connection. I've used complicated stim devices in the past, to heal from my back injuries, but those were clumsy devices and not very effective to use for everyday use. The PowerDot, however, is a game changer because of its simplicity and the control through a well-designed mobile app. It's portable and powerful, making it usable for daily recovery or as needed for excessive soreness and to ward off potential overtraining injuries. PowerDot puts professional-level physical therapy into your gritty hands saving valuable time and money. Now, the PowerDot team loves us at SealFit and Unbeatable Mind, and they have a generous offer for us. You can get 25% off the device when you go to PowerDot.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-D-O-T.com. And use the code UNBEATABLEMIND, all one word, UNBEATABLEMIND, at the checkout. So again, receive 25% off of one of my favorite tools for achieving increased muscle performance, and recovery by going to power.com and using that code UNBEALMIND. Hoo-yah. Okay, enough on that. Um, the last chapter and the last part of this I want to address is called Building Elite Teams. Now, this is one of the new chapters uh, that I added for the fifth anniversary edition, the other one being uh, Leading in VUCA, Volatile Uncertain complex and ambiguous environments. So in order for you as a company, if you're an organizational leader or running a team or even, you know, up and coming leader on a team, then you will deal with VUCA environments because that's what our world is like right now. Technology is accelerating things or perception of acceleration anyways. And there's a lot of complexity. There's a lot of uncertainty. Things are ambiguous. You don't know whether to go left, right, up or down. And uh, there can be chaos, right, in that. And so how do we deal with it? But we deal with it through clarity of vision, clarity of mission intent, and by being human. Like by, by really, you know, you, in a VUCA environment, the, the rigid management systems of the past just simply do not work because they were built for complicated environments, not complex environments. So to build an elite team, 
requires first that you become an elite individual. And I don't mean that in elitist sense. I use that term really, you know, from the SEALs to think that, it, you know, if you want to be an elite team, a part of an elite team, then you got to start thinking like an elite operator. So all the principles and all the tools in the book, the way of the SEAL are all about you as an individual leader developing kind of that elite operator mindset and winning in your mind before you step foot in the battlefield, developing the tools for crafting that win. But then, you know, what happens if you do all that, but then you go in and your team really doesn't give a shit and they're all on a whole different wavelength. I'm sure some of you have experienced that. Well, then it's incumbent upon you to lead by example, show up differently and inspire your team to jump on in with you to do the training. And if you're actually the owner or leader of your business, awesome, or your organization, that means that you can then bring these tools in. So let me give you some examples. Uh, I just got off the fall with Paul, who's in my inner circle, and he's been training in the way of the seal and the unveiled mind principles for over two years now individually. And he brought these into his contracting company and he's got a big construction company, very large organization. And now every morning when they get together, their key leaders get together and, and all their team leaders, they do some of our Kokoro yoga training to really work out the kinks, to get ready for the day, to be able, you know, to, to touch bases and at a um, energetic level to, to synchronize. So there's a whole, they've learned that when they do this, they're, they feel more grounded, they feel more connected and they're safer out in the field and, and the work they do is dangerous. So they're doing yoga every morning together. They're doing breathing training before every meeting. So we do this at our company too, is a box breathing before every key meeting, right? And what this does is we, you know, we're basically co-inspired together and we synchronizing ourselves and we're getting rid of the baggage and decluttering our minds and we're learning, you know, we're focusing. And then when we start the meeting, you know, we have much more productive meetings. We practice feeding the courage wolf. You know, we don't allow negativity. We practice brutally honest communications. So does Paul. So, you know, there's a real power to bringing these tools into your organizations and your teams. So to journey, my point is to journey as a leader in the way of the SEAL principles, you're never going to be uh, alone. I mean, you, the work starts alone at home, but then when you step into the team, you need to build that elite team which, who can be inspired by your vision and aligned with your principles to develop an out, you know, a culture of excellence or an outstanding culture, which is capable of executing the mission that you have in front of you. So one of the things I talk about in this chapter is developing, you know, team spirit of an elite team. This is really a palpable energy field where the team accesses flow. So, you know, what I'm suggesting here is that sometimes the flow that you see or you experience is the result of team energy, right? Pulling you into that flow. Now, you can experience flow as an individual, you know, where your challenge level and your competence kind of intersect and, you know, it pulls you into a state of deep focus and concentration where everything just flows out of you and you're in the zone and everything feels effortless. But oftentimes, this happens when we're with a team where everyone's synced up and really radically focused on uh, mission accomplishment and sharing that vision. And every all those oars are rowing the same direction. I'm re reminded of when I rode crew in eight man shell in college, and you know we had some rough days where you know oars were all hitting at the you know just different times and people getting thrown out of the boat. But then we had those times where 
every single oar connected with the water and was pulling through the water at the exact same time in total synchronicity. And when that happened, the boat would literally leap out of the water and it just, it just felt amazing. And everyone just completely settled into this flow state until, you know, something clicked one individual out of it. And as one individual clicks out of it, then the whole team clicks out of it. So we want to learn how to create the conditions for team flow, which will then magnify the power of the team, you know, dramatically. And so that's what, you know, you know, team spirit isn't just a backslap after the game or let's go have some beers or let's do some sort of, you know, ropes course team building event. That, that's all interesting. It's kind of pedestrian. I'm not saying it's bad to do. It's, it's useful, but it's way more interesting to box breed together, to visualize together, to clarify intent, to uh, really uh, dialogue about alignment around principles and, uh, and then see what happens when, you know, when you up the game and you add more intense, uh, intense goals and you get clear about the stakes and you'll see team flow start to kick in. And uh, that's what I mean by building an elite team. So it all starts with uh, the team knowing its why. So how often do you have, uh, you know, you're maybe clear on your why, but you have no idea what your teammates' why is, what's driving their behavior, you know, and it seems like everyone's in it for themselves. And often you're just all working for, you know, different objectives on the same team. And it feels like you're stuck in the mud. So the team needs to begin to clarify what's the team's why and how does it show up in a vision for the team and an ethos for the team. So just like at at an individual level, you can develop an ethos, which is the intersection of your passion, purpose, and principles that center target. You know when you're on target because you feel alive and you feel purposeful and you feel driven in a good way. That's when those things are like you're centered right on that, the intersection of passion, purpose, and principles. Well, the team has the same kind of center point. So it doesn't have to be exactly yours or or your teammates, but together you all have a, a shared or collective passion or else you wouldn't be there. You have a shared or collective set of principles or else you wouldn't be there or shouldn't be there. And you have a shared vision or purpose for why you're doing what you're doing. That becomes the vision and then you as a team begin to communicate that vision through your daily connection points and, and all hands meetings and, and through your um, intranet and through your social media, through your website, it becomes a common language. Stanley McChrystal in his book, Team of Teams, calls that a shared consciousness. And I fully support that. It is, it is a shared consciousness that comes from when you're in sync on purpose passion principles. You know where you're on target, that you can communicate that. Uh, you've got common language and boom, you know, that's that's an elite team that's really driven, mission focused. Okay. So um, next up, to have everyone on your team really sh- um, share your passion for growth, right? I talk about Carol Dweck's book, Growth Mindset, uh, or it's just mindset. She talks about growth mindset and fixed mindset. You know, it's it's a fairly simple concept. She does a great book, a uh, great job in her book, kind of just describing it. You know, unbeatable mind is for growth oriented people. So is the way to seal. I assume everyone listening to this is growth mindset or else you wouldn't be listening to this. But is everyone on your team have a growth mindset? That's what we're talking about here. 
everyone in your team needs to have a together we grow attitude where everyone is challenging everyone else. Everyone's supporting everyone else to vertically develop new capacities. It's not a threat. It's critical. We all need new capacities so that we can bring more to the team so the team can accomplish higher and more audacious BHAG type goals. Uh, so that uh, it creates an environment of constant momentum, relentless forward and upward growth and momentum and a relentless focus on training skills and character. That's the horizontal and the vertical development. And um, also it creates a great ownership mindset. And I refer- we talk about Jocko Winlink in his book, Extreme Ownership. Jocko, you know, who I worked with back in the day, you know, he expounded on this really well in his book, Extreme Ownership, how you need to take like radical ownership of everything as a leader, right? You own the mission, you own the preparation, you own the mistakes, and you own the development of the team. But you obviously know that you can't do it alone. So you also have to own your own limitations as a leader and get the heck out of the way and sometimes become a cheerleader and a servant to your teammates. But anyways, anyone, when your team gets on board with this ownership mindset and cares for the mission, the team, and the structure and is seeking to improve it every day, uh, wow, that's a really powerful thing. Then we talk about a little bit about hiring. So the SEALs and great organizations don't recruit, but they attract like moths to the flame. They attract because they communicate and they transmit their vision to the world. They're very clear about why they do what they do, not just this team, but an organizational level. And then they put it out there and they, and they act, they take, you know, demonstrable steps to prove that this is their vision. And it's not just about creating a widget or selling a product or service is something greater than that. It's some sort of change the world vision, or you know, we're going to impact the earth or humanity in a powerful way in our own little way. It's kind of like my burpees for vets challenge. You know, twenty-two million burpees is a, you know, it's an audacious vision, and it's attracted a really, really powerful tribe. Uh, some of you probably are doing it with me, who are inspired by helping vets with post-traumatic stress by doing twenty-two million burpees. And if we hit our twenty-two million, we'll probably go to a hundred million. I mean, that's audacious. So what is the, you know, the, the audacious vision that you have that causes people to just want to jump on board and be part of your team? They're attracted to it. They're attracted to that vision. You don't have to really do much recruiting. If, if anything, like the SEALs, you're vetting through your training program uh, the character of those who are attracted to, the, to you. And that's why selecting through a rigorous training program is really valuable and great organizations, large organizations do this. If you're a smaller organization, well, you need to use support tools like top grading and maybe 90 day trial period. And, um, and, you know, just getting the culture to really vet individuals who maybe slip through the door because they look pretty on a resume, but really don't share the values or the vision. Um, So getting the right teammates and getting the right seats, you know, butts in the seat is critical because one bad apple can spoil the bunch when it comes to teams. So when a team attracts for character but trains for skills, then what happens is trust goes up dramatically. Trust is the glue that holds teams together. Elite teams take trust seriously by training trust, by demanding trust, and by removing teammates who violate trust or who, who can't be remedied when they violate trust. So that requires, you know, a, a new communication strategy too. It requires a, a, a strategy of brutal honesty, truth and transparency, and skillful communications. In our organization, we're doing communications training, such as um, 
uh, critical conver- or crucial conversations as a training program. Great for uh, learning how to deal with hard discussions. In the SEALs, we had the debrief. And um, in, in this chapter, I have a, a big section on how to debrief effectively and the power that the debrief had. I use that with uh, the Olympic gold, uh, silver medal winners, this uh, velodrome uh, female cyclist team and who got the silver medal in 2012. And they implemented a brief and debrief process and brutally honest communications and some of these leadership principles from the way the SEAL into their team. And they reported that it had a huge effect upon their ability to unlock the team's performance. So learning how to develop trust requires that you invest in communication strategies, developing more respect and um, the ability to uplift people with your communications from the heart level, that Kokoro heart mind level, as opposed to harm the energy or hurt people or, and I'm not talking about tiptoeing around, tiptoeing around actually is more damaging than being brutally honest, but there's a skillful way to be brutally honest, right? You can, you can have a skillful communication that, that hits someone right in the sweet spot of where they're screwing up and um, do it in a way that's very sensitive, right, to the situation. Like one great tool that we use, we've been developing, I learned from uh, the Engelharts, from Cafe Gratitude, is that uh, we want to own not only what we say, but how it lands with uh, the people we're communicating so own what you say, but also how it lands. That means you have to be able to take their perspective. Again, this is one of the skills of the fifth plateau leader to be able to take and make new perspectives. So before you just open your mouth and drop a grenade out of it, you know, be, be able to seek first to understand, like Mr. Covey said, before you're understood, these are skillful communication skills. And that's the hallmark of an elite team. All right. So there's more in this chapter, but I've covered quite a bit. That's it. The Way of the Seal, 5th Anniversary Edition. Check it out at wayoftheseal.com. It's going to be released uh, by my publisher, Reader's Digest, Trusted Media, on Memorial Day. Uh, you can pre-order it. You can order you know, multiple copies if you like. <laughs> Share them with your team. Um, it's greatly expanded and I- improved from the first edition, although the first edition has been received extremely well. Uh, and was a, no, a national number one bestseller on, on the Amazon and a Wall Street Journal bestseller. And the only reason we didn't hit the New York Times bestseller list is because the publisher only printed um, 10,000 copies and we ran out. That was back in 2012. Well, we've learned a lot since then. And this is going to be a useful book. It keeps getting more and more relevant as the world becomes more aligned with what I'm talking about in the book. So these skills are money. So I hope you enjoyed this series of podcasts riffing on the principles. Uh, they, they're meant to be a compendium to the book. I will be doing an audio book recording of the new edition where I'll record it myself. The first edition, the audio book had someone else recording it. Um, I don't really like his voice either, but so I'm going to do this next one. And also I'm going to include this uh, compendium of podcasts. I, I'm going to put that into audiobooks all linked together so that you can listen to it or someone could listen to it as a um, as a supplement or a complement to the audiobook or just as a complement to the book itself. So at any rate, again, thanks so much for your time and attention. Thanks for supporting me and the Unbeal Mind podcast. And if you want more information or more training, then please check out our offerings at unbeatablemind.com. 
where we have Kokoro Yoga, the Unbeatable Mind Online Academy. We have the Unbeatable Mind Live Academy, which is a two and a half day event where I go deep into all the training. We have our annual summit in December, which is an incredible three day event here in California. Of course, we have our Seal Fit events, uh, Crucible Series, the 20X, 20XL, and Kokoro Camp, and the two day Performance Academy and Certification Program to become a certified trainer. All of that information can be found at sealfit.com. And the training program is uh, due to be released soon for the certification. So you may not find that information if you're listening to this or, you know, early in 2018, but that'll be more of a mid to late 2018 program. All right, enough on this. You guys rock. Stay focused, train hard, and I'll see you next time on the Unbeal Mind Podcast. Booyah. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back, the pride of the fleets, the bright swinging frogmen of the UTT. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.